0: let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official
1: rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey there, welcome to ATL and 29, of Peach Tree Hoops podcast where we look at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. My name is Kevin Chenard. I'm here with Glenn Willis, we're recording late on a Tuesday night, shortly after the Atlanta Braves won the World Series. Glenn, is it okay if I uh, record the podcast smoking a cigar?
0: I think that would be appropriate. A uh, little <laughs> little homage to Bobby Cox and uh, others, and it looked like half the team already had cigars out there on the field, so... Uh... Uh I'm not gonna partake. Uh I've been sick. And that would be one of the dumbest things I could do right now. Uh but have at it and uh it's if there's ever a good time for that or appropriate time for that, it seems like it's right now.
1: Yeah, I don't smoke, I'm just bullshit. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure my
0: I'm sure my younger brother in uh Kennesaw, Georgia, right this moment has one out on his patio. There you go. So uh I'm sure he's uh he's the biggest brace fan of our family. Um, was down there for game four, I guess it was. Um, but uh,
1: but yeah, he's having a
0: good time, really good time right now.
1: All right, uh, well, the Hawks won last night. If we're counting it as still being Tuesday, uh, but they still have some issues. Glenn fixed the Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean okay
0: to take it one step at a time i guess the 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 offense was cleaner in sync they were actually getting set as a five-man unit for most of their offensive possessions um and it made all the difference in the world Uh, i know the wizards aren't the best defensive team in the league not even close really (laughs) um but nice to have um (laughs) yeah yeah not game yeah a game before you go west uh or get into a uh, you know a, a, a more difficult schedule to um have an opportunity to kind of kind of work on those things but yeah i mean um man that, as i've been sharing on twitter their offense was just straight up a mess no they weren't seeking any of their actions they weren't seeking any of uh uh you know even their um, times when they would bring the ball up and have all day long to kind of get set up and get everybody ready to go uh so i don't i i can't explain what i was seeing up until this uh, second wizards game but it looked a lot better i put some content out on the timeline today uh capturing a few different examples of it looking better but man i don't ever want to see the offense look that ugly again the rest of the season you gotta. Roster built around Trey. Let's get, let's, I mean, at minimum, let's get that into the court kind of optimized to the degree that we can. And it was, it was a lot better. Um, Still some issues on defense. The office still isn't perfect. Um, But I think that was a a, a pretty big step in the right direction on on Monday night.
1: Yeah. And I'm not really that worried about the starters as a group. (laughs) And Nate likes his groups. Right. Hockey line change, everybody in, everybody out. (laughs) So uh, I'm not really particularly worried about the first group. They seem to have, I mean, first of all, it's Trey. Uh, And, you know, he said it's, you know, since the off season, one of the things he's been working on in his mid range and, and every now and then you'll, you'll see the 19 footer that's off balance. But I think he's found this season sort of a comfort zone, kind of pulling up a little bit short of a floater and taking a jump shot. And, and he, when he gets those in in the same kind of balance that he has for his floaters, it's like, those, those are, those are good shots. Um, And, you know, he and John still have amazing chemistry. Honestly, you know, it looks like Clint is more comfortable. We see a lot more passing between John and Clint than we did last season where, where each was sort of a black hole last season now it's like oh wait if the defense is on me i'm going to uh go to you and and they look pretty comfortable doing that uh so I, i'm not really that worried about the starters save for maybe deandre hunter i still think like he's a little bit unsure of his role and and it doesn't seem to be a natural flow with plays going in and out of him when the ball gets to him when the ball leaves him it, it, he still looks a little bit unsure
0: yeah i think that's okay um yeah, i i wonder how firm their the team's idea the coaching staff's idea of what his offense should look like on a consistent basis is i wonder if that's still sort of Something they're working on, or if they have a pretty firm idea of what they want that to look like. Um, but um, they ran a good number of plays for him uh, in that game, as trying to kind of get him in some rhythm. I think we continue to see that. Um, if I had to guess, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if um, you know in the next few games, a first handful of possessions might be steered his way. Kind of, kind of get him in the rhythm, get him going uh, because he does have uh, in many cases, a natural mismatch uh, right. of his own, just his, his, his length and, um, and the kind of ball skill he does have. Um, and then we've talked a lot about how oftentimes he'll draw a guard because of the fact that opposing team won't want to put their strongest defensive wing on trade. And you, and you right. have to go right, right at that, Um and so I, I agree with you that his has kind of looked a little um, choppy uh, at times, but I still very much believe in his game and what he can do. I, you know, for me, I just think it's um, a matter of getting um, all the guys to their spots uh, in ways we didn't really see until until the Washington game. Um, I think a certain amount of that is. Um, a part of working around Trey because Trey can do so much organically and he can do so much ad hoc stuff and kind of just see uh, an opportunity where a defense is a little overloaded to one side of the floor or the other. Um, but I think what they have to learn together is that just because Tracy's that doesn't mean that everyone sees that. And they're, um, you know, most teams that are kind of oriented that way have some sort of kind of cues where the, a guy in Trey's role will, you know, it was a hand signal or some kind of verbal signal or whatever, kind of get someone's attention. And, yeah, that's totally fine if, if that's something they kind of have to build up to. But as we know, Nate likes them to look to attack very early in the shot clock. If that's not there, pull back, make the defense play um, uh, defense for the full 24 seconds and look to kind of use that, um, you know, sustained attack to break down the defense. Um, and you know that's that's a bit of a template that sometimes feels a little too rigid for a team around Trey at times, but that's Nate's philosophy. Right. And undoubtedly it was successful in the postseason last and, year. And so I so like long.
1: that strategy a lot just because I yeah. think it hides a lot of Trey's transition defense flaws. And, uh, and I I, yeah,
0: I think it on turnovers too. yeah, I mean those kind of go
1: hand in hand, and right. you're just you you're taking their legs away, you're it just those long possessions. It's like, OK, well, you didn't get the easy bucket. But if you if, if you're patient with it and you go deep into the clock, you know, even if it's a mid range shot or, you know, a one on one trying to be a, a switch kind of situation, I mean, it's just it slows things down. There's a natural tendency to get back um, because you, you just know when the shot is coming and everybody's kind of geared back to to get back on defense at the same time.
0: Yeah. And and in addition to that, you know, one of the Hawks strengths offensively is their ability to hit offensive glass. And the longer you can kind of play into possession, the typically the greater opportunity you can have to kind of get um, defenders out of their ideal spots. And it opens that up too. So I think the philosophy works well. I just think that, I just think that um, Trey by his own nature is going to want to kind of go when he's ready to go. And, and he's so uh, capable of creating so much leverage on a defense by himself. But even this year, you hear Nate talking about uh, not just for him, but I think it's usually uh, this year been him talking about Trey and JC, but it's always Trey like, okay, the next step is getting him to make other guys better and playing through other guys. And, and like I said, a few minutes ago, I think a part of that is him kind of slowing himself down a little bit at times and letting the rest of the team kind of catch up to, where he is an uh, attack as a as a five man unit, he's still a, you know a young, uh, growing point guard. Part of Trey's um, uh, kind of commitment to developing the mid range, I I think you know a lot of teams, uh, at least historically speaking, would have looked at Trey and wanted to make him into like a 16, 17, you know point a game guy with you know nine assists. And he's just capable of producing a whole lot more offense than that. And he's uh, you know a smaller guard, so in the kind of the Chris Paul fashion, he's going to kind of uh, commit to trying to be a deadly mid range uh, creator, which is fine. So long as um, the, you know, the efficiency comes through there. I don't have any reason to think that it won't, it may not be there uh, right off the bat this year. Um, yeah, And, if, and, if,
1: and it, you're just trying to round out the whole tool set because exactly. teams are going to show every pick and roll coverage to him, just trying to find something that works. And so he needs a tool, you know, like the mid range to, to, to kind of beat some of the drop coverages some switch coverages, you know, just, you you know, you got to kind of teams aren't going to play him one way.
0: That's true. And across the regular season, there's a good bit of wear or tear in the floater game. I mean, even when he has the clearance to kind of get that shot off, he still lands in traffic and kind of takes a beating. So there's an opportunity to kind of manage him physically a little bit with some of that too. So, I mean, his, his ability to hit spot up shooters um, in the half court is elite, and there's just not very many guys in the last even 20 years or so that um, have that ability. But kind of going back to what was missing before this the second Wizards game is those guys weren't ready. Those guys weren't in their spots. They weren't moving with uh, in conjunction with where the ball was. You know, achieving depth or where their defender was, you know, tagging on Clint or JC, and there was no lift action that was synced to the ball pen. And so all of that stuff that was just out of whack, a big step forward uh, on Monday night, um, you know, that doesn't mean it's all it's all fixed. There's still, there's still a little bit of kind of issues with, um, you know, lining up, passing angles and stuff, but, you know, we don't have to, immediately delve into the next player things that need to improve it's early in the season. And, um, and, and like Trey talks about it, other guys too, that these guys are learning how to try to sustain a level of play they achieved in the postseason last year in a regular season context where it's a grind. Um, and you're not um, kind of automatically met by a, um, an environment that's going to kind of produce energy for you. You got to produce that energy yourself and then find a way to kind of um, uh hit that consistently and have a consistent source of energy. And that's yeah, that's something they'll have to work through. But cleaner offensive game. I still not st- entirely sure how I feel about what they're doing on defense, but I'm open to continuing to watch some of that end of the court. That
1: seems fair. Uh I think they miss Kevin Herter a little bit in the starting lineup. Like just because you have an a, you know, when he was there with the starters, you kind of have a second player who can organize the offense. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, I asked Nate today because he's, he's talked about, you know, we want, he said, we want Trey to run more plays, call more plays, you know, in the flow of the action where it's not coming from the sideline. It's just kind of Trey organizing things himself on the floor. And I said, well, you know, I asked Nate, what do you do for the bench? And he's, he said, well, you know, Lou's capable of that. And so we don't really need to come from the sideline when when he's out there. And Kevin can do it too. And, you know, Delon isn't at that point yet. But, you know, I think when you have someone like that with the starting lineup, I think there was just more natural flow last season. than just that that mesh with DeAndre Hunter, It's it's not quite there yet. And I think it'll get there. I think, you know, having someone like John passing opens things up because it it feels more like this a little bit now than say last season, but it feels like Trey has a little bit of tunnel vision for John early in the season. Right. And so, you know, you're just going to need John to make the extra pass. And as great as he is as a finisher, you know, those openings are there. He found some of them yesterday and, and. They need that to continue to kind of make it work. If, if, you know, Trey uses John as much as he does as a release valve, then you need that next pass. If you're going to play in, as long into the shot clock as Nate wants.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you need a guy like John who's going to sometimes get the ball cutting towards the paint and um, not in pick and roll fashion, like where he's diving off the ball screen. Mm-hmm. But to know that if I'm meeting multiple bodies in the paint, whoever's in the weak side corner is probably all by themselves. Right. Right. And we've seen like he, the ability for him to execute that big to big pass. Yeah. To Clint, he's, whether it's he's a lot the or, dunk spot. Yeah. yeah. When he comes to the, the
1: dunker spot, he's used to it. He's, he sees that one now. Yeah. And he had a
0: nice kind of more of a drop off pass Monday night to, to Clint um, mm-hmm. when the, <laughs> when uh, Clint kind of stepped down towards the rim, So it wasn't just a simple kind of lob easy, you know, big right. target there. So that was a nice, nice progression. But um, for sure, um, when especially when John, as a you know a, a reliable three point shooter, gets chased off the three point line, whether that's after he gets the ball and he's in his dribble, or he's chased off really before he can get the ball, and the defense kind of over rotating to that side, the, John's ability to hit a wide open guy in the weak side corner is a pretty big. I mean, it's a pretty big step. I, I don't think it's something anyone's ever going to expect Clint to do, which is why Clint tucks into that ducker spot (laughs) more all over the place um, and and stuff. Um, So that, I mean, so, I mean, that's good. We talked about the fact that Gorgie can move the ball pretty well um, for a guy who's going to play center uh, there as well. But yeah, I mean, the ball movement on Monday was, was, was good. And I think that was as much, it seemed to be um, as much of a focus, like, yeah, we need to do this. We need to move the ball better, not letting it get stuck so much, but also just kind of achieving the spacing, communicating with each other, um, staying. We we talk all the time about the need to stay connected on defense, but it's true on offense as well, especially for those guys who are spotting up and trying to, you know, create some spacing and uh, some gravity um, and things like that. So, I mean, it's when you have Trey uh, as your guy to kind of drive the offense, fixes should be a little easier than if you we don't <laughs> like trade right uh, for sure um so you know, a lot of it did kind of come in one game but th- I, th- I do think a, a good bit as a manifestation of the fact that you that's why you went after trade in the draft and that's why you uh, built around him and things like that and that's why herder is such a helpful guy you got him on an extension now that's why jc and his versatility is so valuable so just just you know just get everybody synced up you know there's this Having Bogdanovich, but in the starting lineup, and not having Herder in the starting lineup, um, is a trade-off on ball handling and some some uh, creation skill and, and things like that. Um, but I mean, but, I mean, we shouldn't kid ourselves. But Bogdanovich is just one of the single best shooters in the entire league, and there's a sure. lot of value to come from that. But just like you were kind of probing earlier, the that means that I'll, I'll some of the creation. Shifts over to DeAndre, where that's going to have to kind of come from him. And you know, he didn't play a ton last year. He especially didn't play much
1: underneath, um, right? And so he uh, hasn't played year. with Clint that much. He hasn't played sort of with the right, and he hasn't played that much with with Bogdan. For sure, he just doesn't um, have those reps.
0: Yeah, and he had a he had a good season his rookie year with Trey, um, but th- things have really changed. He's just and, yeah. to your point, like there was no Clint then, you know. Um, they weren't really chasing um in a realistic way a lot of wins, you know, uh, and things like that. but I, I mean, I'm still super confident in DeAndre and, and what he can do is just that sometimes um what he does is not as fluid as as it is with herder, where herder can uh, catch the ball on the, on the second side as they say, and knowing immediately kind of where to go with the ball as a ball handler or attack the paint, and those sorts of things with still kind of reading things uh, like the cyborg that he is <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, which, which takes a tick of time uh, and things like that. So, but, you know, I, I think it'll come, uh, but I do think that the guys around DeAndre will have to be a little patient with him um, and, and help him out. Um, I think one possible way to help DeAndre come along is to maybe shift the rotation, maybe, Uh, Wink, wink, get away from a full uh, bench unit (laughs) Um, and get Dre some time with Gallo. I think that could be, you know, helpful too. Gallo provides so much spacing, more spacing than anybody else on the team uh, at the the positions that he plays. And just curious if you might see some times where Dre comes off a little bit earlier, Reddish comes on, Reddish or or Herder, depending on the matchup, kind of comes on a, a little earlier. And then you maybe get very little time with Gallo, which I think uh, could could give him a lot more space to work with and give him a chance to find some rhythm there. But you know, we'll see. Uh, the schedule is about to get pretty tough, and uh, I'm excited about that because uh, I don't know how I feel about what they're doing defensively. And but I think that this this upcoming schedule will give us a chance to see what it is they're able to do with what they're doing defensively right now. Maybe what help them see maybe what they're not able to do uh, with what they're doing defensively right now, I mean, then, that's then, yeah, a a big uh, kind of mystery. I don't know how you feel about what you're seeing from the defense so far.
1: I don't know that I have a good feel on it yet. I, I, describe it to me how you see it.
0: Yeah, so they're, they're switching a lot more than I expected. Um, and I feel like the main thing that I'm seeing that concerns me a little bit so far is that. It's getting Clint out of the middle, getting Clint away from the rim. And if we kind of think back to all of the value that Clint provided, especially at the year last year, was him anchoring. Now, that was easier to do against the Knicks team that didn't have For sure. a ton of perimeter threats. And even then, they didn't really have that many guys besides Derrick Rose that could kind of get downhill and go, kind of go right at him. Um, so that helped the way that, the, that Philly played offense as well. Um, not a lot of guys who are going to kind of drive right straight into him. And what that kind of, um, I think, hit a little bit in rounds one and two was how the Hawks, um, you know, issues defending at the point of attack um, didn't really um, get uh, um, um, brought to the surface for, you know, to really become an issue in those rounds, it became more of an issue at times in the Milwaukee series, but the Hawks, I I, I think, have the pieces to be stronger at the point of attack Herter was really good defensively in that Philly series last year we remember Hunter has the capability to do that he's Hunter's been phenomenal defensively as an individual defender so far this year Cam uh is like in most areas of play for him kind of up and down but you know DeLon Wright is capable uh, functional there so they have some pieces to do that but they're What I see is not a straight like one through five or one through four, the one through four, sometimes depending on how you do it, being called kind of red um, switching, but more where the team is being empowered to see and call their own switches, see and call Clint back to the middle. You'll hear John a lot yell things like stay up Clint, stay up Clint, stay up Clint, meaning he has the back. Right. Um, you know, and things like that. So, you know, maybe there's just so much read reading and, and empowerment of guys reading the play and, and kind of deciding for themselves, how they're going to work together to cover a certain action or a cur- certain current play. But right now in my, for my taste, they're switching more mm-hmm. than I prefer um, L you know, um, if we could go back to before the coaching changed last year, like Pierce really believed in that red one, three, four switching switching and not so much getting the five involved, but there's been a lot of switching, including the five uh, this year. And it fits okay, you know, Clint can handle himself in the perimeter. That's one of the, one of the values Gorgie has is his versatility kind of be able to function up at the point of the ball screen at the level of the screen. At time sure. So, so from some, uh, from a kind of a, uh, you know, positional profile perspective, it kind of fits, but they're in my mind, kind of getting um, Clint just, too far away from his uh, role anchoring is kind of staying in the middle, staying near the rim. doesn't mean he can't ever get out there, Um, but it's just interesting to see how often that's happening. Um, And that um, creates some vulnerabilities of rebounding at times, uh, protecting the rim at times, especially if other team is able to put Trey uh, uh, on a guy that's on the baseline or in the corner. Um, So, you know, that's, that's what I feel like I'm seeing is more switching, um, than I would expect, especially including the center uh, and getting guys into areas on the in the defensive half court that aren't quite optimized. Uh, but maybe th- this is a kind of a scheme that's just going to take twenty games or whatever it's going to take for them to kind of get their communication refined and get their reads uh, refined and maybe learn times when oh it might be easier to cover this specific ball screen by switching, but that doesn't make the rest of the play or the rest of the f- half court um optimize from that perspective. So maybe it's just a early season learning curve and they're going to get better and 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 kind of master it. Um but it, it maybe there's not so much to be concerned about from the the sample uh that we've had so far. Um but it's something I'm watching closely and, and just curious to see if they continue to switch at this rate and if they do um uh, are they able to kind of get a little bit more selective about when um, they use it to get uh, one of their centers uh, kind of switched off into a wing or a guard? Because that's that's what's been kind of clunky. But, um, you know, that's still kind of messy uh, to me defensively. But if you ask the coaching staff that, they might just say, well, yeah, I mean, this is what we're doing this year, uh, and it's going to take us until – like December 1st or mid-December to kind of kind of get into really expecting guys to really have this down pat. That's how the NBA season works. Sometimes a uh, few teams are uh, kind of ready to go with all their stuff. You know, even the, fir- the first 10 games of the season, that's just not something that's realistic. So just something I'm keeping an eye on on my side.
1: Do you think that any part of that is geared to sort of long-term durability for a hundred games or whatever it is that the Hawks hope to play this season before probably hope to play more than that. But I mean, it's just such a long season that like in game one, we saw Deandre Hunter come out and you know, he was chasing over screens and it was, it was eye popping. It's like, Oh um, and, and, you know, it literally leapt off the screen just how good he was at doing that. But, you know, he's a guy that maybe you don't want trying to crash over screens and, you know, make hard turns around a screen uh, for 100 games because he's got a knee that you don't want in those collisions and you don't want Trey taking that grind and you don't want Herter taking that grind. Um, so do you think it's, it? you know, it's always seemed to me like like switching is, is something that, you know, if you do it right and you get proficient at it, it takes a little bit of the wear and tear off your team.
0: Yeah, that very well could be. We talked before the season about whether Hunter, you'd want him on ball that much, even in the regular season, maybe the first third or half of the regular season. Maybe you break it down that way. But then he was on Luka, like all, all of game one, like I right. just mentioned. It was chasing over everything um so maybe there is some kind of sustainability and some kind of uh load management from a team defensive perspective there that that's in play um but you know that's where you hope that delon the collection of delon and cam um hunter and herder but i mean there, there you go you got herder hunter and cam all coming off of injuries like last year and those are the guys you would most likely ask to kind of take on a role like that so maybe there is some Kind of workload stuff in there uh, it's just interesting because like i said um before the coaching change last year they really believed in one three four switching I and mean, they did a ton of one three four switching without the five and um uh, you know, but at the same time, one of the values of having John Collins as your power forward is you can it can free you up to let your big man get up to the level of the screen, yep. and be available to help there if, if or switch depending on what gets called out there, and John can help you manage the the backside of that. Well, so, so maybe, I mean, and John has been all over the place defensively uh, so far. He's been a real, you know, bright spot for them defensively. And maybe that's not happening uh, if they're not kind of running the scheme that they are right now. And maybe they are trying to kind of unlock him to bring, you know uh, you know, even more uh, defensive value than we saw towards end uh, of last season. Um, You know, it's tough to envision kind of gallo fitting in there, but, um, you know, I wouldn't be shocked come, you know, the second half of the season if you're seeing Gallo and Okongwu uh, play together a lot and there being some uh, kind of interesting ways that those guys are dropped sort of positionally uh, in the defense where you're not asking Gallo to uh be the guy that's obviously recovering <laughs> as a four kind of doing things that John's doing where Kongu could maybe do uh, a bit more of that and, uh, and stuff. So it'll be interesting to see, but I, you know, there are times when I feel like I'm watching their defense now and thinking like, Oh, this is even kind of geared toward a two deep center rotation of Clint and a Kongu more than what Gorgie's giving them, even though Gorgie's, you know, competent uh, and most of the things they're asking him to do um, do right now. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see uh, like when they get into a game with Portland, you know, what do they do with Dame, you know, when
1: they get into, um, (laughs) I think Dame is still trying to, to sort his way out with this new Wilson basketball.
0: Oh, for sure. But I mean, just like assuming Dame's going to kind of get that worked out, you know? Oh yeah. Um, but, you know, in, in those games, um, you know, um, when they're facing, you know, guys like that, um, you know, I, I remember um, I went on the Liberty Ballers podcast before uh, the Hawks and Sixers played in uh, the um, guy that I was talking with on that podcast, Sean was like oh you're, they're they're going to put uh DeAndre on Tobias right i was like no i don't, I don't think so i think they're going to have DeAndre on Seth chasing him over all of those you know weak side and flare screens and stuff like that and that, and that's how they started out and they switched a lot but they did and kind of intentionally start with DeAndre on Seth, and he, but but in that game, Seth was the guy who was going to force you to go over screens more than any other player on that right. Sixers team, right? So, you, so even after the the opening game against Dallas, you see examples where DeAndre's drawn the assignment where, and he's so good navigating screens, but it's like to your point, there's some physical wear and tear that's possible there. But in that Sixers game, that's what he drew. When they play Brooklyn, you know, I, I'm trying to figure out it's probably Harden, I guess. You know. Um, but who's chasing Joe Harris over all the million flare schemes they run for him. It's going to be fascinating because they have Brooklyn, their next game is Brooklyn, right? Yeah. 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 So, so we'll find, you know, by the time people listen to this, uh, that game will be like, you know, just about ready to start or, um, (laughs) you know, or maybe have already taken place, but yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see how they iron this out. I thought it was fascinating that Nate closed with, um, you know, I think the biggest threat, um, the Wizards had trying to possibly come back down 8 to 10 points or so, which is about what the um, the lead was for the Hawks as they kind of wound down the stretch was Bradley Bill kind of going off and he pulled Clint off and yeah. closed with Reddish and Hunter um, to kind of give him kind of, and, and maybe that was a little bit of concern that Dinwiddie could get going, but he hadn't really done anything as a score that whole game. I think it was just putting two guys out there that could you know give you opportunity to switch and still have another guy that can kind of contain bill a little bit so it's and not, the Wizards just
1: you know they were playing a lot with Harold and kuzma and it's just right you're you're, you're, you're you don't feel like you're going to get mashed necessarily on the glass or
0: no it T- tries to have moments where he looks like he's doing that to you but it's here and there yeah know? um and and you but you're just you're not really worried about him Kind of really creating outside of those opportunities where he sees a little crease and just he's so good at kind of getting into that little crease and and beating it to the rim. But it's I mean that's not something that I've ever seen the trust team sustain. You know, right? Apart from like one or two games where he's hit like thirty five, and but that's like been across what six years now <laughs> or whatever that's been. You know, um, so yeah. Uh, I mean the Brooklyn games be fascinating to see how they match up. Um, you know, defensively. Uh, to kind of get that to work. Uh, and then uh, other challenging games kind of coming up, like when they when they face Memphis uh, it's at whatever point, will it be Hunter and Jaw, and kind of dealing with that the whole game? Or are they going to, um, you know, as we know, under Taylor, uh, they run a million uh, high pick and rolls. Will it be more switching, you know, right. um, uh, around that? Um, well, you know, let's see. But the offense, I think, I I feel like you can tell me whether you agree or not, but I feel like we kind of know what the offense should look like with so many guys coming back. So I've seen what they did successfully last year, seeing that they're not really running a ton of different stuff this year. It's a little different, but it's mostly the same stuff on defense. I'm still not sure what I expect to see. And that's to me, that's fun. You know, I know I'm kind of a nerd, and that's my coaching side of me, kind of wanting to watch and kind of tease all that out of. For myself, but um, I'm excited to see what they do on That, but but hopefully, you know, they can start showing up like a top ten offense um,
1: with consistency because they'll need to to uh, hit their goals this year, in my view. Very good. Is there anything else you want to get to here? Are you missing anything uh, crucial?
0: Uh, no, I don't think so. Just um, trust Herder will be back this game. They'll need him. Um. But uh, you know Nate chalked up that absence uh, Monday night to to rest, um, which makes some sense. I mean, Nate, it wasn't like Nate hadn't talked before then about her conditioning coming off the injury and having some challenges ramping him up. So um, they'll need every, they'll need all of their wings against <laughs> Brooklyn um, tomorrow night. So hopefully he'll be back. Although Nate alluded to the fact that they might have to do that with some other guys uh, during this Brooklyn stretch of the season, uh, schedule. But this is where you're. That starts up hopefully, and uh, and um, hopefully, they can uh, have some success here as they press into this next kind of part of their schedule.
1: Yeah, Nate said that they may do more of that. I mean, they basically have 11 healthy rotation players, you know, all all, all 11. I guess, I mean, a is essentially the 12th, uh, but he's right. not healthy yet. But you've got 11. And, you know, if you've got 11 and you just need 10 of them, that it, you know, if they kind of go on a rotating basis and give some guys some nights off, I mean, I guess that makes sense. And and Herder was a good candidate for the first one of those.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, and we talked about this a little bit before the season, too, but, like, Gallo's going to need a night off now and then. Oh, for sure. You know? and that's, yeah, why, I mean, that's why Solo's on the roster to kind of step in and just give you – competent minutes there, unless you're going to play smaller and slide, you know, JC and Hunter up there. And I don't think that helps Hunter with his offensive role to slide him to the four. I don't, you know, I think keeping him at the three helps him get more of that on ball secondary creator kind of stuff, but you never know. It's some matchups and, and such. So uh, we'll see, but um, you know, uh, they, they need the shooting right now until, you know, until Herder kind of shows up with his shooting. And we know, we know that he can, they need the hot Bogdanovich. They need Gallo helping on that second unit and stuff, but we'll see. His team's really capable. Um, and hopefully, uh, the things that were really, um, concerning me offensively, the first few games are salt. Um, and then the, hopefully the defense is just a matter of, uh, getting the reps needed to execute um you know whatever amount of switching they intend uh and how much read-based uh kind of stuff they have going on there so but lot uh, lots of games coming up so it shouldn't take long to find out
1: all right well uh, i appreciate you taking the time to do this uh and uh, I guess it's time to go celebrate that World Series, you're in. I guess when? I'm going to
0: go open a fake cigar somewhere, but uh, you cigar, know, to, to feel like I'm partaking. All right. Then. Uh, yeah, yeah, fun fun to see that Brace team overcome all the things that they had to overcome this year. I, I, I don't watch them every day. I'm not going to pretend like I do, but no. I certainly got invested at the end, and uh, fun to see an Atlanta team create that kind of energy for Atlanta sports fans. Always happy to see that, and uh, but especially When you see a team overcome that kind of adversity was, uh, I think, a a satisfying gaming experience, especially down at the end. So it it was
1: fun to watch. All right. Well, thanks, Glenn. Thanks, Kevin. Have a good week. You too.